What worship means to me is showing your love for God with your friends and family. Worship to me is a time that we can set aside to talk to God and spend time with God and just be thankful for all the things that He has given to us. Worship really is a time that we can celebrate all the things that we have in life and all the things that God has given to us. So I guess the first thing that comes to mind for me is a connection to God or ways to deepen my relationship with God. And that comes in a lot of different ways. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, as far as what it means to me, uh, I think knowing that um, I have a, you know, a connection to something bigger, something more powerful, uh, something that I can appreciate and uh, show gratitude, gratitude towards, you know, um, being able to, you know, show that admiration for something, you know, that gives us that ground that allows us to have something to, to come back to and base our decisions off of, you know, whether they be short-term or long-term decisions. Um, the, the, the essence of being able to worship, the, the connection we have, the, um, the feeling that we can um, give praise to something. And I would, I would say that worship is my showing my gratitude, my obedience to God because of what He's done for me, and to worship Him through worshiping Him in spirit and truth. My life is my worship. Worship to me, that's such a personal question. What does worship mean? And I can go back to when I was six years old. I've always been so drawn to God, and all of my life I've worshipped. But as I've gotten older, it changes. It used to be um, I would worship, I would take care of my house, my husband, my children, and it was a part of my life. Now that I'm older, even though it's always meant a lot, it means so much more to me now. It is my whole life. And I start every morning, I get up early, usually before the sun, and that is my time to be there with God to worship Him. The reason it's so important to me now, the reason I say it's my life, it's the one thing that sets my day on the right path. It keeps me focused on God's will for my life. And so it is my life, and it begins, you know, every day for me. starting a brand new series called Made to Worship. And this is a version of uh, a series that Michael and I hosted here at the church for a youth conference. And I got so much positive feedback on that that I had some of the adults that were present ask if we could do something similar here at the church during our main worship service. So we're actually going to launch into that. And each week you'll get to hear from four of our families um, here at the church on kind of what their thoughts are on each of the different topics that we're going to dive into over the next four weeks. And this series is going to be just a little bit different for us. When we did our Philippians series, we did kind of an exegesis study of the book of Philippians. We then transitioned into our Advent series, and now we're going to transition into more of a topical series about this concept of worship, and we're going to flesh out some of the different aspects of worship over the next 
few weeks. And then in February, we're going to dive into a very deep exegetical study of the book of Nehemiah. So I hope that you'll be able to stick with us as we transition through these different series going forward. But today we're going to focus on this idea of that we were made to worship. And we're going to start to flush that out just a little bit. And again, as I mentioned, this will be a four-part series. Today we're going to talk a little bit about what is worship, as you probably already figured out from the videos. Secondly, Next week, we'll look at who do we worship or should we worship. Week three, we'll look at how we worship. And week four, we'll look at when and where should we worship. So each week is going to kind of build off of the previous weeks. And there'll be a little bit of overlap as well as we start to look at this idea of the fact that we were truly made to worship. So let's go ahead and jump right in to part one, which again is going to look at the idea of what is worship or what does worship mean to us? So I want to take a look at a couple of things here this morning. This first picture, and I love this picture so much, is a picture of the Grand Canyon. Now the Grand Canyon is truly amazing. It's 277 miles long. It's 18 miles wide at its widest point, And it's over a mile in depth. And if you've ever been to the Grand Canyon, it is just an amazing almost indescribable sight. It's beautiful, it's amazing, it's fantastic, and it really gets you thinking of how this came to being. Let's look at the Great Barrier Reef. Now, most of you know this is off the coast of Australia, of course. It is the largest coral reef system in the world with over 2,900 individual reefs and over 900 islands and approximately 214 thousand square miles. And that's just almost indescribable to me. And of course, it's one of the seven wonders of the world, as you probably already know from way back when in your geography classes. But it's just this amazing thing that, that is present in our world. And it's just almost miraculous, so to speak, to think about the enormous size of the Great Barrier Reef and the Grand Canyon as well. Let's look at another one. This is Victoria Falls. And you may know this is located in South Africa. And this is the largest falling sheet of water in the world. Now, I've never been to this location. And I went to Niagara Falls when I was too young to remember it. So I don't really grasp the concept of this other than these amazing pictures that I see. But again, it's these spectacular things that happen in creation that I want to start getting our mind kind of working in the right direction this morning. And the last one I want to look at, and this is my favorite place in the world, so I had to throw this in, and this is a place called Napili Kai, and it's on the island of Maui in Hawaii. And I've been blessed to be there a couple of times now with my family, and it is just an amazing, beautiful, spectacular place. It may be the closest thing to heaven on earth that I've personally ever seen. It's just beautiful beyond description. It really is, and it's just amazing when I stop and I think about all of these amazing things in our creation. And we don't have to go very far. We're blessed to live here in Southern California where we've got the mountains on one side and the beach on the other, and we've got some amazing scenery and some beautiful sunsets. But when we think of those things... What are we truly thinking about? Are we just kind of taking for granted that, wow, that's cool, that's beautiful, that's really nice to look at? Are we thinking about the bigger picture of where all of these things came from? And we know where these things came from because we don't have to look very far into our Bible to find those. But the bottom line is worship is our response to God's awesomeness. 
And yes, I use the word awesomeness because I'm a child of the 80s and I love everything 80s and I still say 80s is the best music and you can argue with me if you'd like. But it's our response to the awesomeness of God. And I don't know about you, but those last four pictures that we just looked at, I would certainly describe those as awesome and beautiful and majestic and incredible And we don't have to look very far to see where these things came from. Because if you've read your Bible at all, if you open your Bible, and I want to encourage you to do so here this morning, you don't have to go very far. Genesis 1-1 clears this up for us right away. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So when we see these beautiful things, when we see these amazing things, these aren't just accidents. These aren't just shifting plates under the surface of the earth. God created the heavens and the earth. Now he's not just talking about the physical place called heaven. He's talking about basically space and, and things outside of our actual, our actual planet that we live in. But he created all of this. And as I look around and as I reflect on some of these pictures that we just looked at, I can't help but think, how do people think that this was all just an accident? How do people think that this all just kind of happened one day out of this big bang that occurred And these things just happen to fall into place the way that they are. We know better. We know that God created it. We know from the very first verse of the Bible that God created this amazing planet that we live in. He he invented and, and created with his own hands this beautiful, beautiful planet that we have to live on with these amazing places such as the falls and such as the canyon. God created this. And see, when we worship, we're recognizing that awesomeness of God and the things that he has done. Have you ever asked these questions? Have you ever asked the questions such as, how did he start with nothing and create everything? It's almost mind-boggling to think about how he did this. He literally started with nothing and breathed into existence this amazing creation that we live in. How did he suspend the sun and the moon and the stars and the planet that perfectly orbits around the sun so that we get the proper amount of light to sustain life here on earth? How did he do that? It's just amazing. How did he come up with the idea of gravity? Everything, see, in our existence works perfectly, right? The earth spins at just the right rate that creates just enough gravity for us to survive and for us to live and for us to thrive. And we have to recognize that because that's what worship is all about. It's recognizing that God created not only us, but this amazing place that we have to live in. David was so excited about creation that he sang about it. Now, if you were here with us during our Advent series, we talked about the fact that when Mary went to visit Elizabeth, she got so excited about the idea of giving birth to our Lord and Savior that she burst out into songs. Now, I don't tend to burst out into songs because ever since I had my throat surgery, I couldn't carry a tune in a bucket. But I love that when we read in the Bible, the people get so excited about God and what he has done for us that they burst out into song. And that's why I wanted to share this with you. So if you would, open up to Psalms chapter 19. Psalms chapter 19, and we're going to start in verse 1. It says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, 
they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. Verse 3, we pick up and it reads, they, they have no speech. They use no words. It says, no sound is heard from them, yet their voice goes out into all of the earth. Their words to this ends of the world. It says, in the heavens, God has pitched a tent for the sun. See, David is so excited about creation that he literally sings about it. He literally breaks out into song. And that's what I love about the book of Psalms. And you can call it a book of songs, book of Psalms, however you want to look at it. But David gets so excited about the majesty and about the amazing creation that God has done that he bursts into song. Does that make you think of anything when you think of worship and how David burst into song? This morning, we've sang quite a few songs here this morning, and that's just one act of worship. But we're acknowledging God and who he, does, who he is. And we're going to get into that a little bit later on in the series about kind of how we worship and the importance of worship and things like that. And today we're going to go in just very surface level on what worship is. But that's just one example of worship is when we sing to God, when we raise up our voices. And it doesn't matter how good or how poorly we sing in my case. What matters is that we're lifting up our worship to God. And we're acknowledging the amazing things that he's done for us. And that's why it's so important when we sing, when we actually come together in this kind of corporate worship environment, that we're not just saying the words on the screen, but we're truly lifting up those words to God. That we're truly glorifying him with our words. That we're meditating on the words that we're saying so that it becomes more than just something that we do. It becomes something that we do for God. And I want you to remember that as we continue our song service a little bit later on. Let's jump ahead to the New Testament, to the book of Romans. I want to look at Romans chapter 1 and verse 20. It says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen. It says, Being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. Now, I love what we read here. And I love the fact that this letter to the Roman church, he points out that, look, God's qualities and his uniqueness in creating creation have been very obvious to us. But, but see, this is something that we tend to take for granted, as I mentioned earlier. Because people in the world will tell you this is all just an accident. This is all just a happy little accident. Things just kind of fell into place the way they were because of this explosion that happened, because of this meteor that happened, or whatever the case may be. But Paul reminds us, look, God's awesomeness, as we said earlier, is clearly seen when we look at creation. And I love that. I love that when you see that beautiful sunset, we know that this is something that God has created for us to enjoy, just how he created the garden for Adam and Eve. So let's look at the definition of worship. Let's get a little, a little farther into the idea of worship. If you look up the definition of worship, it says the feeling or expression of reverence and adoration for a deity. I kind of like this definition because it says the feeling or expression. Because, see, worship isn't just an expression. It's not just something that we do, as Kay Ann mentioned in her video earlier. It becomes a part of who we are as Christians. It's not just an expression. It's not just something we do. It's who we are. It's a part of our lives. It's not just the act. 
That's the heart behind the act. And that's why I love that it says the feeling or expression. Because, see, we can worship God with our feelings, not just our expressions. And I'll take that a step further to say we should be worshiping with our very feelings, our inward feelings, not just when we come together on Sunday mornings to sing and to pray and to learn about Him. See, faith is about believing in something that you cannot see. And see, this is where the world has such a hard time with God. Because they can't see God, they can't touch God, so they don't believe that He truly exists. They say, well, show me this God of yours. We can't see Him. But that's what faith is all about. See, faith is about believing in something even when you can't see it. So I want you to do something for me, wherever you may be today. And I know some of you are here in the courtyard. I can actually see some of you out the window. And then some, a lot of you are going to be at home. So wherever you are, I want you to take an object, any object. It, it could be a, a pillow. It could be a pencil. It could be a piece of paper. Wh whatever the case may be. I want you to just take that object, and I want you to hold it out in front of you. And I want you to let go. Now, regardless of what that object was, whether it was a pen or a piece of paper or a pillow, what happened when you let go? It fell to the ground, right? Because that's what gravity is. Gravity means that that object is going to fall to the ground. Now, depending on the object, it may have fell at a different rate of speed. But I can almost promise you that everybody that did this Whatever that item was, it fell to the ground. And see, that's what gravity is about. And see, we all believe in gravity, right? But can you see gravity? No. It's like the wind. You can't see the wind. You see the effects of the wind. You can't see the wind, but you can see the leaves blowing. You can see the trees blowing. Well, guess what? You couldn't see the gravity either. You saw the effects of gravity. And that's what faith is all about. See, we can't see God physically. We don't see Him in person. We will one day when we get to heaven, but we don't see Him here on earth. But we see the effects of God everywhere we look. When we look at the beautiful snow-covered mountains, we see the effects of God at work. So we don't have to see Him to believe in Him. And that's exactly what Paul was saying to the Romans is, look, he's all around us. All you have to do is look around and you can see God in everything. But you have to choose to see it. And that's what faith is all about. See, we worship God because of a lot of different reasons. But here are three that I want to point out to you. Number one is he's omnipotent. And that simply means that he's all-powerful. He's omniscient which means that he's all-knowing. And last but certainly not least, he's omnipresent. He's omnipresent, which means he's everywhere at the same time. Now, that's a really hard concept for us to understand. And, and sometimes when my mind tends to, to, to wander, I've thought about this. How does God hear my prayers but he hears your prayers at the same time. And he hears this person's prayers over here. And he hears this person's prayers on the other side of the world. But that's because he is all-powerful. And we don't have to understand exactly how all of that stuff works. 
Because we don't. The best scientists in the world can't explain exactly how DNA works and how DNA strands are, are formed together. But God does, and he can, and he will. And see, that's what worship is all about. And that's why we worship God, because of the amazing things that he does and can do in our lives. And that's why we don't worship idols, and that's why we don't worship for false gods. Because our God is amazing, and he does all of these truly amazing things. Let's look at Romans chapter 5, verse 8. So we're still in Romans. We're going to jump ahead to verse 5 because it's all about love. It says, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, this is why we worship the one true and living God. Because he loves us. He loves us so much that he was willing to send his son to die on the cross for us. Not because we deserved it. And at that time, most of the world didn't even believe in who he really was. But he loved us enough to send Christ to this earth. He left heaven, came down to earth, walked as a man, and died for you and me. Not because we deserved it, but because God loves us so very much. And that's why I wanted to start the new year off, reminding us of the importance of worshiping God in everything that we say and do. So where do we go from here? What are the things that I want you to kind of take away from this? And what are the things that I want you to remember? We worship God because he is good. Because he's wonderful. Because he's faithful. And because he is our heavenly father. And I know that can be a difficult concept for some. Maybe you didn't have, you didn't have a good relationship with your father. And I understand that, and I, and I understand that can be extremely hard. But for those of you who are parents out there, I want you to think just for a minute about how much you love your children. Think about how much you love your children. Think about how you would do anything for them, how you would sacrifice for them, how you would give for them, how you'd give up of yourself and your time for them. And that's exactly what God wants to do for us. And that's why we worship him. Because not only is he amazing and he's unselfish, but he gives everything that he has for us so that we can spend time worshiping him. And one day, we'll spend all of our time worshiping him. Because see, when we stay the course here and we make it to heaven one day, We'll have nothing to do but to worship the one true and living God. And it's going to be amazing. So here's the bottom line. True worship is a valuing or a treasuring of God above all other things. And this is the bottom line of what worship is all about. So as we try to answer that question, as we try and unpack this idea of what, well, what is worship? Worship is when we value and we treasure God and what he has done for us above everything else. Now, in the next few weeks, we're going to unpack a little bit of what are some of the different ways that we can worship and when and how do we worship. So I don't want to get into that today. But I think this kind of sums it up for you. As we start this new year, are we valuing 
and treasuring God over everything else. Are we placing him above our hobbies and our sports and our jobs and our careers and our money? Because if we're not, then we're not truly worshiping God. Now, it's not to say that we can't have those other things in our lives. Of course, that's not what I'm saying. But one of the best ways that we can show God that we truly are worshiping him is when we value him above everything else. And that's what I want to leave you with here today. I want to leave you with this idea of as you, as you start to plan out 2021 and whether you're setting goals or whether you're prioritizing or, or whether you're simply looking at lifestyle changes that you want to make because that's kind of what we do at the beginning of a new year. Think about this statement. We truly worship God when we value and we treasure him above everything else. So let's not forget as we make our plans for 2021 to put God first because that's how we truly worship God in everything that we say and we do. In just a moment, we're going to sing another song together and we're going to lift up our voices in worship to him. And again, singing is just one small form of worship, but it's certainly an act of worship to him. Is I want you to really think about the words that we're going to sing. I don't want you to just, just don't worry about what the person next to you thinks and don't worry about how good or how, how poorly you may sing, but I want you to just lift up your voice and truly worship God. And that's what I want you to do all of 2021. Truly worship him in everything that you say and do. And we're going we're gonna to do that in just a moment as we stand together and sing. Now, if we can help you in any way, Maybe 2020 has been a bad year for you. It's been a bad year for a lot of people. I totally understand that. If we can help you, if you need prayers, if you need assistance, please don't hesitate to reach out, Aaron at mbchurch.org. I'm happy to talk with you. I'm happy to pray with you. I'm happy to help you in any way that I can. Because maybe, maybe you've been a Christian your whole life, but you've gotten off track. What a great time to come back to Jesus. What a great time to renew your relationship with him. What a great time to get your life right with him and start off that new year on the right foot. Or maybe you've never had the opportunity to be baptized. What a great way to start off the year 2021 is to be baptized for the remission of your sins and to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. If we can help you in any way, I want to encourage you, if you're here, to either come and see me or if you're at home, please reach out by email or phone and we're happy to help you in any way that we can as we stand together and as we sing. I will give you all my worship. I will give you all my praise. You alone I long to worship. You alone are worthy of my praise. Lord, you're worthy of my praise. Lord, you're worthy of my praise. Lord, you're worthy Well, thank you again for participating in another act of worship as we take communion together. Uh, I think that's one of my favorite acts of worship that we do when we come together as a church family and break the bread and drink the wine just as Jesus did with his disciples.
Again, next week, we'll continue our series, Made to Worship. We'll see, we'll see and hear from some of our church members, and we'll move forward in our Made to Worship series. So I hope you'll be able to join us next week at 1015 for our children's worship and at 1030 for our morning worship services. Would you join me in a word of closing prayer before we dismiss? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful day. We thank you for this opportunity and this technology that we have to still be together and to still be a church. Heavenly Father, we are just so blessed by all of the members of our church, wherever they may be. And we ask that as we're on the prefaces of a new year, that you will just continue to be with them, that you will continue to guide them, and you will continue to bless them wherever they may be. Heavenly Father, we pray this week as we get ready to move into this first week of a new year that you'll help us just to continue to truly worship you, to truly put you first in everything that we say and that we do. Heavenly Father, most of all, we thank you for loving us. We thank you for loving us enough to send your son to die on the cross. It's in Christ's precious name that we pray. Amen. Well, again, thank you so much for joining us. Have a great week. I keep finding voices in my mind that say I'm not enough. Every single lie that tells me I will never measure up. Am I more than just the sum of every high and every low? Remind me once again just who I am. Because I need to know Oh, you say I am loved When I can't feel a thing You say I am strong When I think I am weak You say I am held When I am falling short And when I don't belong Oh, you say I am